Welcome to the Rockbrook Church Podcast. Our hope is that today's message brings you hope and clarity for your spiritual journey. We love hearing how God is working in your life. Feel free to share any stories of how this message gave you a new perspective and hope. Email us at church at rockbrook.org to tell your story. Good morning, everybody. Thanks for joining us on this Memorial Day weekend, whether you're in the room, watching online, listening by podcast later this week. So glad I get to go to church with you. If you're looking for clarity in your life, I'll tell you, this week's message uh, is absolutely essential to, for having it, for having that clarity, for having vision in your life. So glad that summer is here. We've got a great summer planned at Rockbrook. Been working on a couple of sermon series we're going to do this summer that I think are going to be really strong, really fresh. Excited for that. Two high points of the summer are going to be next week's Rockbrook birthday uh, that I hope you can make time for one of our four services. You want to be in the room for that one. If you're watching online, that's great. You want to be in the room next week for our birthday. God put a word, a verse, a message on my heart actually about three months ago for next weekend, and I can hardly wait to get it off of me and put it onto you, right? And so uh, you're, I think you're going to be thrilled to hear it. And also, we've just got some fun surprises and powerful things that are going to be good. Also, uh, Serve Day, July 16th. I know you've blocked that out on your calendar and uh, people are coming up with some good ideas. And if you need some ideas, we can help you come up with those. But one thing that we're doing that kind of takes some action, we need to take action this weekend or next weekend, is our serve team came up with this idea called Plant a Prayer plant a prayer, and I absolutely love it. On Serve Day, one of the things we want to do is encourage people to have a heart for our community, to be attentive to needs. We try to think of ways we can spur you on uh, to make that happen. And one of the things we're doing is we're going to, that day, have a Serve Day team. If you want to be involved in this, you're more than welcome. A prayer walk, a neighborhood. And we wanted to do more than that. Based on how many people participate, we'd love to adopt a subdivision and we have a kit that you can take home with you today. You could grab it today, grab it next week, and um, grow a flower, grow a plant in that thing. And so as many people as participate, as many people as we can bless with this, uh, but over the next 50 days or so, plant, plant that, that flower and grow it and then bring it back uh, the week before serve day and we'll have more instruction of how to do that then. And then the team is going to go and pray over every household in a subdivision and leave with them a flower and a thing that says, we prayed for you, here's what we prayed for you, we've got a heart for you. Uh, so I love that idea and I love that our whole church can participate in helping the serve team uh, make that into a reality. So pick that up, that's in between the buildings today. Uh, Haley and some others of the serve team are out there and can help you set you up with that so you can take that home today. And we'll have more instruction when the time comes of what to do next. Plant a seed, water it, bring it back. Game on, everybody say game on. All right, I believe that God is going to show up in your life today. You've honored him by uh, coming to worship. I think he's going to honor you and show up in your life today. I'm going to go straight away to a couple of Bible verses. One is in 1 Peter 1, 23 through 25. This is in your Bible, it's in your message notes, it's on the screen, it's in the app if you wish. If you don't get it, it's not my fault, all right? Okay, 1 Peter 1, 23 says, For you have been born again, not of perishable seed, 
but of imperishable through the living and enduring word of God. For all people are like grass and all their glory is like the flowers of the field. The grass withers and the flowers fall, but the word of the Lord endures forever. And this is the word that was preached to you. I love this truth that in a world where everything is decaying, everything is deteriorating, friend, it's not getting better, it's deteriorating. That there is something we have been given in a world where everything is withering away, everything is falling away. There's something we've been given that is timeless. It endures. It is true. Something eternal in the midst of everything that is not eternal. There is something that is true for every person, every culture, every language, every nation, at every time period. It endures when everything else is not enduring. Many people will say, well, the word of God just doesn't relate right now. <laughs> really? It's the only thing that is relating right now. It's bearing out to be true a hundred times over. It's the word of God. It's true. It's everlasting. Let's look at another passage in James chapter 1, verse 21. Therefore, get rid of all moral filth and the evil that is so prevalent and humbly accept the word planted in you, which can save you. Do not merely listen to the word, and so deceive yourselves. Do what it says. Anyone who listens to the word, but does not do what it says, is like someone who looks at his face in a mirror, and after looking at himself, goes away, and immediately forgets what he looks like. But whoever looks intently into, and I love this, God's word doesn't need an update, it doesn't need an upgrade, it's not slow to load, it's a perfect law that gives freedom. And whoever continues in it, not forgetting what they have heard, but doing it, they'll be blessed in what they do. That there is a way you could be blessed in your circumstances and your situations. You can be blessed in what you're trying to achieve, what you're trying to do. So many times we're trying to do things and it feels like we're just pushing something uphill. It's so labored. It's so hard. There's no blessing in it. But when we do this, it says you'll be blessed in what you do. I want to look at one more passage today, Colossians chapter 2. You were dead because of your sins and because your sinful nature was not yet cut away. Then God made you alive with Christ, for he forgave all our sins. He canceled the record of the charges against us and took it away by nailing it to the cross. Let's read, this is a big thought for today. Let's read this one again out loud together. You were dead because of your sins and because your sinful nature was not yet cut away. Then God made you alive with Christ, for he forgave all our sins. He canceled the record of the charges against us and took it away by nailing it to the cross. Thank God for the new beginning that we have in Christ Jesus. In that James passage we read, he brings up the idea, the thought of a mirror. I remember one time uh, when I was a teenager, I was riding my bike to work. Uh, um, most days in the season 
And uh, one of the days early on, as I'm getting ready to take my bike out of the garage and, and, and ride it up to work, uh, my mom comes down. She says, what are you doing? I said, I've got to get to work right now. I'm riding my bike to work and I've got to leave. And, and she's like, wait, wait. And she uh, runs upstairs. It was a very hot day. She comes back down. And before I leave, she hands me some, uh, a thing of deodorant and says, put this in your backpack. And so I put that in my backpack, praise God. And then as I'm getting ready to leave, I can tell she's, there's just so much more she wants to articulate and tell me, but she can't get it out in time. So she just says, well, look in a mirror, look in a mirror. And so I, I drive away thinking of what that might mean. And, and I get to work and I park my bike and there is, I have a little, I had a little mirror on my bike sticking out like a rear view mirror. And so I just kind of look in that little circle of a thing and like, yeesh, you know, and, um, but I walk inside and immediately when I get inside, it's busy and someone, like a coworker, hands me something. The second I walk in the door, it's customer service. I start helping people. I help about six people and then uh, finally have a chance to go to the bathroom and I use the restroom. I look in the rear and I'm like, oh, I forgot and I mean, I've got sweat stains down my face. You know, my hair's a mess. I look disgusting. Whoa, you know, like, oh, immediately forgot what I needed to do here. How many know it can be dangerous to not look in a mirror? Anybody else ever get out of a meeting and go to the restroom and see that you had something in your teeth the entire meeting? Do not leave me alone up here, please. I remember in 2020, during the pandemic, I was on a Zoom call. And, you know, on the Zoom call, your own face is so small on there if it's set up that way and the other person's face is big. And we do the whole meeting and, you know, I'm, you know this is what we're going to do and all this stuff and everything. And then the, they end the call or they hang up and then my face becomes big. And I see I've got a booger coming out of my nose the entire <laughs> meeting. So I text the person, like, you couldn't help a brother out? Like... How did you hear anything I had to say that entire time? It can be dangerous when you don't look in the mirror. James brings up the illustration, the thought of a mirror. Looked up uh, just some stuff about a mirror this week. The average person spends about 30 minutes a day in front of a mirror. Most people on average will look at their reflection in some type of mirror about eight times a day eight times a day. Read this week that if you were to uh, dim the lights and just stare at your own self in a mirror, if you do it long enough, you will literally start to go crazy. Just kind of powerful in light of what we're going to talk about today. God's word, James says, always gives an accurate reflection of what's going on an accurate reflection of what happened, what's happening, what will happen. Just like the mirror, we look, like, we look at it in the physical and it tells us what we look like on the outside. God's living word reflects and reveals to us our true self, what's going on on the inside. It's the only true mirror that will tell us our true self. It's the only thing that will endure. It's the only thing that will give you an accurate reflection of who you are in God Almighty, of who you are without God Almighty. Nothing else will do that. That's why we're so passionate about it. 
Uh, we want to see ourselves in Jesus Christ 100%. Big part of the vision of our church. God's vision for your life is God's word. I love being part of a church family that loves the Bible. We don't do anything that's not based on the Bible. Engage in any step of what we've got going on. There are a, there's a Bible verse. There are Bible verses. You go through our Celebrate Recovery process. Every step, every principle is based on the Word of God. I go to preach a sermon. I don't preach a point without a verse. The verses are the points. The verses are the action steps. First, or Second Timothy chapter 4 gives us this charge, gives me this charge to preach the word. I don't come up to preach what I think or what I think I ought to tell you. Got to preach the word. And when there is an attack on God's word, there is an attack on the fundamental piece of who you are. Because God's word is the true reflection of who you're created to be. So we look to God's word to know how can I get a reflection of of the type of parent that I am to be? How can I get the reflection of the, of the man that God wants me to be, the kind of husband God wants me to be? How can I walk in a true image, live out that reflection, to breathe in God's word and breathe out God's word? To breathe God's word in over my healing, breathe it out over my healing. To breathe God's word in over my finances, breathe it out over my finances. To breathe God's word in over a decision, breathe it out over a decision. When it comes to your kids, to breathe God's word, <gasps> breathe it out over your kids. James teaches us four things. The first thing that if we wanna live in God's reflection, God's word, my true reflection, I've got to, and this seems obvious, but I've gotta read it. And read it carefully, not just skim it. But whoever looks, what's this word? intently into the perfect law that gives freedom. We don't just glance, we want to know what it really says because there are people all the time who will tell you something that God's word says that that's not what God's word says. And we hear all the time these things that we say that's in the Bible that's not in the Bible, like God just wants you to be happy or God, um, you know, God helps those who help themselves and God won't give you more than you can handle. Doesn't matter what you believe as long as you're sincere. And you want to actually read it to know what it says, to study it, not scan it. There's a life and blessing in the reading and studying of God's word. Maybe you say, well, I don't have one to read. Well, we'll give you one. We bought you a Bible. You could stop by the info table today. We'll give you a Bible. It's not a library. You don't have to bring it back. It's yours. Write in it, circle in it, read it. Maybe you don't have a, a study Bible. I would encourage everyone in our church to have a study Bible. I have an NIV study Bible and an NLT study Bible. That's New International Version, New Living Translation. I love both of those. Life Application Bible. I need you, church, to know your Bible. It's the foundation to your life. It's what you're standing on when all hell breaks loose. It's the bread of life. If you don't eat you die. If you don't eat spiritual food, your spirit dies. And many Christians are feeding physically and they're fasting spiritually. You want to eat the bread of life, spiritual food, for your spirit to be strong. 
If you don't, your spirit dies. We gotta eat it, we gotta read it. Number two, write this in if you're taking notes, would you review it? James says, and one who continues in it. You take in God's word, you read it over and over. Isn't it amazing, don't you love this? Uh, you've had this happen to you where you could read the same scripture a hundred times and then 101, the hundred first time, it says something different to you about your life. No other book does that. Eventually you get tired of reading the story. It says nothing new to you, but every time you open up the scripture, it's saying something new to you. I've read a scripture that, man, at one point it said something to me about my marriage. Another point it said something to me about my giving. Another time it said something to me about my work. It's alive, it's breathing. In Psalm 119, and I don't often say, you don't often say, hey, look at verse 96, but this is the longest chapter in the Bible. To all perfection, I see a limit, but your commands are boundless. Oh, how I love your law. I meditate on it all day long. You live long enough, you'll see that all good things come to an end. Anything perfect, the most perfect day comes to an end. The most perfect thing, there is a limit. God's word is boundless. It's one of my favorite verses in the Bible about the Bible. You have to continue in it. I've I've found that I have a hard time remembering the parts I read, but I do not have a hard time remembering the parts that I do. The parts that I have to step out in faith and step onto that word of God and lean onto that word of God. I I don't forget those. The parts where I've had to say, no, we're not gonna do that because God's word says this. I remember what God's word says when I'm challenged on it. The parts where I say, we're going to do this. I remember that because it's casting a vision for my life that I've gotta keep before my mind and my eyes. What are some practical ways that you can continue in it, review it? And that's where a small group is so powerful it's where journaling is powerful just to write out what the holy spirit said to you from that from that word from that verse you can rewatch messages re-listen to messages devotions do talk it over notes for a message memorize a verse speaking scripture is such a powerful way to continue in it to declare it to say it over the lives of this world to declare it over your healing your finances to to again, breathe it in and breathe it out. Let's declare God's word because it is alive. We say it out loud. We read it, we review it. Number three, I'm gonna ask for some help on this one, but you reflect on it. The reflection of God's word will change you. It will. The reflection of God's word, it changes lives, it changes what's happening in this world, God's word is a light. So I'm sorry for some of you that are getting this right in your face. If you wanna move, we'll all understand. But just like when you reflect on God's word, you see a true reflection, what you see in the reflections of the world will change as well. So often we live life looking in the wrong mirror. We're seeing the wrong image. We don't see ourselves in the image of God. Instead, we see ourselves in the image that's what someone else said, what someone else spoke over our life. It's the mirror of lies, the mirror of darkness, the mirror of the enemy, uh, the mirrors of the world. We live in it all the time. We live through a series of reflections all the time. I don't know what your mirror is. I don't know what you're looking at and what it's telling you. You can look at the reflections of the world that tell you that, Uh, your pain is your identity. 
that the trauma that you've experienced and the pain that you've experienced in your life is now how you are identified, that's who you are. Reflections that will tell you your past is what identifies you and you look in the reflection of your past that says this is who you are. And you can look in reflections that tell you that your worst day, this is who you are, your worst day, and your worst day identifies who you are, what you'll be, what you have become. Your worst decision, there are reflections that will tell you that's your true character. That's who you really are on the inside. You spend enough time scrolling and surfing and watching and those reflections will tell you who you are. James says the word of God gives us a true reflection that there you can hear the word of God, the word of your creator, the word of your sustainer. When you look into his word, you hear the voice of God. Colossians says that all the things that were written over you, all the things that were written over you that condemned you, that Jesus Christ went to the cross to blot them out, to rub them out so that you could have a clean slate on your identity, on your vision. He removed it all so now we can look at God's word and see who we are in Christ and see a true reflection, who God says you are, who God says he created you to be. Because God's word says everything began in Christ, absolutely everything. In Ephesians chapter one, let's read this together. It says, it is in Christ that we find out who we are and what we are living for. If you wanna know God's vision of your life, it is in Christ. That verse in Colossians that we read earlier says that God made you alive with Christ. That phrase, that term, those words, in Christ, with Christ, in him, that phrase, in Christ, is one of the most important phrases in all of scripture. In the New Testament, it is used 89 different times. If you add in with him and with Christ, it's over 200 times in the New Testament. We call ourselves Christians today uh, but that word Christian is actually seldom used, only a couple times in the Bible. Instead of believers being called believers or disciples or Christians in the Bible, the most common term for being a follower of Christ is that I am in Christ. What does that mean? Of those 200 times, many of those actually tell you what your identity is because you are in Christ, what your reflection is what you are to see. So we can look at God's word and see what we can believe when we are found in Christ, a true reflection. While many reflections will tell you that you are rejected, God's word through Peter says that in Christ, I am chosen. While many reflections will tell you uh, that you are fatigued, you are weak, you are tired, you don't have any more room to be compassionate, you don't have any more room to serve, you are exhausted. God's word to the Galatians, to us today through the Apostle Paul says that we are in Christ. And you try spelling in front of a crowd of people up here. But we are strengthened. 
Many reflections will tell you, well, this is your real identity. This is what's lost. This is what's gone. And you can never be forgiven for that thing. God's word comes along and says in Romans 8 that you are actually not condemned. And you are forgivable. In Christ, you are forgivable. Many times we're looking at someone else and how they're treating us, how they're responding to us, and we begin to reflect that image, that we reflect how they're treating us. And we say, I can't control my response to that because I'm just reflecting what they're doing to me. And God's word says, no, I'm a true reflection. Reflect what's happening here. And James says that in Christ, we can actually be slow to anger God's word says that in Christ, we have been made while everything else is withering away, while everything else is dying off, that you are not dead, you are alive with Christ. Sometimes we don't know where to go. We don't like being challenged. There's parts of God's word uh, that we don't like and we like all these positive things, but there's other pieces that we'd rather leave out and says, no, in Christ, you can be conformed to the image of Christ. You can be corrected and you can be living with conviction and you can be convicted in Christ. How beautiful, how wonderful. You can be sanctified. You can be pure. You can be set apart. You are in Christ. When you feel lonely, you're like, I don't know if I fit in anywhere. I don't know where I fit in. God says, I have adopted you into my family. When you say, I don't, I don't know what to do in here, God says, the Holy Spirit will guide you. And that in Christ, he says this to the Corinthians, he says it to us through the Apostle Paul, that you are wise. When you think I have nothing to cling to, God says, you are promised. You are loved. You have an eternal future. You have a powerful word from God that is your true reflection. These are the things God made you to be in Christ. We're looking at so many different reflections. We're looking at the wrong reflections that tell us the wrong things. Meanwhile, this is the reflection we're given of who we are with Christ, in him, in Christ. We read it, we review it, we reflect on it, and number four, we reveal it. They will be blessed in what they do. It's a, we're framing it, and we're framing it as a mirror, not a window. Too often we look and we see what we wanna see. We frame it as a window instead of a mirror. Well, here's what I believe the Bible says. Well, it either says it or it doesn't. Here's what I think the Bible says. No, a mirror, you see a true reflection because of the light that is hitting you. And then I can reveal that light. I don't know what you've been looking at or seeing or thinking or how you've been seeing yourself. The Bible says the truth about you. This is why you want to be found in Christ. It's why you want these things to be true of you. If you reject Christ, these things are not your true identity. But the truths about you get to be these things when you are found in Christ, your true reflection. So I take that and I put it in my heart. I take that, I put it in my mind. I put it in my ears, put it in my eyes. It's revealed out my mouth. The heart, the mouth speaks what the heart is full of. It's revealed through the work of my hands. You read it, you review it, you reflect on it, you reveal it. I just put this big idea down for today. 
That is that as I see God's living word, I will then see who I am in Christ, my true self in his reflection and image. I will then see and serve others being the living hands and feet of Jesus. You find yourself in the image of God, you see other people in the image of God. You find yourself in Christ. You motivate others to be in Christ. You will show Jesus when you are looking at him. Let's pray together. Father, we love you. We thank you for the truth of your word. It's true and everything not built on it is a lie. Your word endures when everything else decays. Your word is lasting when everything else is fading. And maybe you're here today with a reflection problem, an image problem, and you see yourself as hurt or trapped or labeled, addicted, used, distant. Christ went to the cross to wipe that handwriting that's been written across your life and across your family that you can have a clean slate to see what he's writing over you, to live in the purpose of God so that you can be found in Christ. Let's just turn to him now. Pray this in, in your heart, your mind. Say, Jesus, I'm asking you to help me see reality, to see truth. I don't want to live life by deception. God, I want to be in Christ. Help me to see myself the way you see me. Help me to see the world as it really is, what's right, what's wrong, what's true, what's false. God, I don't understand it all yet, but I want my identity in Christ. Help me to care more about what you say than what other people think. May it be true of me that the truth has set me free. For the rest of my life, I want to be a God pleaser, not a people pleaser. It's in Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Thanks for joining us today. We would love for you to get connected to what's going on at Rockbrook Church. Visit us online at rockbrook.org for service times, small group information, and other ways you can discover your purpose here on earth.